Bay 92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest sports columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where this rebel enough. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, Everybody, happy Tuesday. Today on the show, uh, let's see, we got, uh, oh, Chris Heron is going to be with us straight up at 10 o'clock, and then, because it is Tuesday, Fish on Friday, on Tuesday, our man in Washington, D.C., Charles Fishman, will be joining us. Among other things we'll talk about, see those people in the sub are, are, seem to be missing. Yes. Following this tale? It also feels like that's like the worst place to go missing is like the bottom of the ocean. Bad place? Yeah. Space would be another. It would seem like we have a yeah. bad place to go on top of a mountain, but yeah. the bottom of the ocean would be. I, it, it is. I don't think that just because these people are rich that we should chortle and hope they die. I, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, to right. me, it's like. Some have, though. There's been a little bit of, ha ha, this is what happens, you know, when you just. Whatever. I mean, I but, do think the lesson here is if you've got this kind of money, buy sports teams, but uh, that doesn't mean that I'm wishing. <laughs> right. That I'm Your wishing death. Yes. I, I, I will say I would not do any of these things. I would not, I would not go up on a rocket. Yeah, I don't with my extra money. I would not go down in a in the to the depths of the Atlantic with my extra money. Would I go to Antarctica? Well, that seems safe. I, I don't I don't feel I need to go there. But would I go there? That seems safe. If it's a well-trodden path, I'd go there. The one the one that does somewhat captivate me is space. But at the same time it's it. like you get locked into that I've guy. got like the the let's go explore the ocean right never never appealed to me have you ever snorkeled yeah but i mean not your thing eh. i enjoy i've the told snorkeling. you my favorite thing about the, the my favorite thing about the ocean is looking at it i enjoy the snorkeling but you know you're you're no very little danger of dying it from snorkeling uh anyway fish on friday on tuesday that's tuesday that means it's today so chris harrington and charles fishman is the lineup um uh, the radio show's not going anywhere, and I just... Uh, I've, I've gotten a few texts about that. Yeah, I just started. I, I figured I'd say that first. Listen, I, uh, I don't want to be self-indulgent and talk about me here, but uh, I, I, since I wrote a whole column about it, I, and since there's questions, I thought I might as well address it at the start of the show. Some um, FAQs? What? Some FAQs? Frequently asked questions? Frequently asked questions. I... Um, I came here in January of 96, and when I moved to Memphis, I had been, well, first, it just an intensely unhappy lawyer. When people give me credit for having the courage to follow my bliss and become a sports writer, they got no idea what my life looked like as a lawyer and how unhappy I was. I, I, and I didn't know for sure I'd want to be a sports writer. I just thought I might. And I knew that I had to stop doing what I was doing. So I blundered around a little bit, and I covered high school sports in Atlanta, and I covered Auburn uh, for, I mean, in, in Alabama, and I covered uh, Auburn Anderson, right? uh, for the same Alabama paper. 
And then I went to— Don't forget NASCAR. A uh, little NASCAR. Was the NASCAR Writer of the Year in the state of Alabama. Um, and then I went to uh, Miami, where I covered the Marlins, and that was fine. It's a tough gig. And MLB a, beat is tough. It's 162 yeah. games, and baseball players are jerks, and um, baseball writers aren't aren't that much better. And um, you're just away all the time. Even when you're home, you're away because the games are all at night. You go to the ballpark, at two, whatever. Um, so I was trying to fend my way in life. Um, and, and then I got this call. Al Dunning had died, and I got this call to come to Memphis and see if I wanted to be uh, the sports columnist here. And the truth of the matter is, it was a crazy risk they took. And there were much better candidates on staff. Ron Higgins was here. David Williams was here. Mike DeCourcy was here. Those were all three in-house candidates uh, who wanted the gig. And I had only been a sports writer for four years. Um, and I had come to, through Memphis once because I, I covered a, uh, a game between the Marlins and the Royals, I think, that was not played at Tim McCarver. It was supposed to be played at Tim McCarver, but was canceled because of ruts in the outfield. And so that game That's was perfect. never even played. Um, it was a debacle. Uh, that's the only time I'd set foot in Memphis. My wife uh, was from Nashville, so we knew a little bit about Tennessee. We'd gotten married in Tennessee. but um, So I moved here. And even in journalism, I thought I'd be at... I'd been in Alabama for two years. I'd be been in Miami for two years. I thought I'd come here, and, and hopefully it would work. And if it worked, you know, maybe after four years or whatever, I'd go to another place. And, um, and I've been here 27 years, more than 27 years now covering sports in Memphis. And it has been absolutely the best time of my life. Um, like Memphis has all kinds of problems, obviously, and challenges, and they feel particularly, uh, particularly dire, honestly, or urgent, I guess is a better word now. But my experience is this is where I've been my best. This is where I've been my happiest. This is where I've been my most productive. This place has allowed me to be everything I wanted to be in terms of my career. Um, and it's also been just incredible um, f as a community for my family. The schools, the churches, um, all, the, all the folks along the way. When I think about the people who, like at, at the University of Memphis, who taught my kids musical instruments. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's been remarkable. And, um, and I've had a blast. Just, I've had a blast covering sports. I mean, I feel lucky all the time. It's funny. I'm not, by the way, just, just cut to the end here. I'm, I'm not leaving Memphis. I'm not leaving the Daily Memphis. I'm, I'm going to stop, stop writing about sports and start writing about other stuff to cut to the chase. But um, a lot of times when columnists write kind of farewell columns, and this wasn't a farewell column today. It was kind of, I'm changing gigs column today. But a lot of times when they write farewell columns, what they, all, what they always do is, they always write, I've covered nine Masters and 12 Super Bowls, and I've seen this, and I've seen this, and I've seen this. And, um, and, uh, and they, they run through it all. And then they usually end up with, but I really remember is the people. Um, it is because what you really do remember is the people. And, and to me, what I have loved about it whether I was at the CA or the Daily Memphian, is the instant connection you have to the community here. And it is not like that everywhere. It was not like that, certainly in Fort Lauderdale, where I wrote about sports. And it just, it just didn't feel the same. You didn't go to the grocery store and think that people were reading your stuff and caring about what you thought and engaging in the dialogue and invested in the same place. And um, 
But here, maybe it's because there was such a great tradition of sports columnists. Um, maybe it was because the CA had such a great deep tradition here. Um, like I was instant. Yeah, some people were skeptical. Hell, I was skeptical. But you instantly become part of the conversation. It's what I tell, like when, when, when Parth first came here uh, or uh, when Drew first came here or hell, when Mark first came here. Um, I always tell them, like, you'll be stunned by how quickly people care about what you have to say and, and, and embrace the dialogue. Um, it's just different because it's a place that's very, that has deep roots and has a real sense of place. And so for 27 years, I've done it. And like to think back, the changes has been just crazy. We used to, we used to back when we started have the Memphis football lunches at a place called the public eye. Do you remember the public eye? Remind me where it was. I mean, it's, I can kind of see the logo in my Young. head. It's, no, not Cooper Young. It's Overton Square. It was in Overton Square. It was a barbecue place called the Public Eye. That's where we had the, that's where we have the lunches. And, uh, you know, there was no AutoZone Park. There was no FedEx Forum. Um, the River Kings would play in Mid-South Coliseum. Um, Larry Finch was the head coach. Um, it was just very different. And all the things that have happened over the last three decades, the John Calipari era, um, the, the, the championship fight, um, the coming, the, the building of AutoZone Park downtown, the fight, ridiculous fight over whether to build FedEx Forum, and, the, and good sense prevailed there, uh, the arrival of the Grizzlies, the grit and grind era, the the resurrection and revitalization of Memphis football, the Cotton Bowl. Um, it's been just incredible. And I do think that sports has along the way really helped boost Memphis's sense of itself as well. And I've been able to chronicle all that, and it's just been a blast. Um, but I pretty much made up my mind a year ago, I thought about doing this a year ago, but then I pretty much made up my mind this year during the Grizzlies playoff run that when the playoff run was done, I was going to stop writing about sports and focus on writing about other stuff. And, uh, and then, I, then I thought, honestly, that I would, then I thought, well, I'll, I'll just wait till the jaw decision comes down and I'll write about that and then I'll and <laughs> it never came down. I was like, I was waiting to write this column saying I'm going to be writing about other stuff till after the jaw decision came down, so I could at least see that through. And the jaw decision never came down. So that's another reason I was waiting, and waiting, and waiting. And uh, and so then today I wrote a column basically saying what I'm saying now, which is, is that after 27 years, I may still write an occasional sports column. You know, if something dramatic happens, certainly. Um, uh, the stuff where there's an intersection between sports and and civic stuff like FedEx Forum or, or the Liberty Bowl or um, that kind of thing. Listen, if Tigers go to the Final Four, I'm sure I'll be writing about that at some. You know, I'm not I'm not never going to write about sports. But one reason I wanted to get this out was I'm not going to the draft. I'm, I'm not going to be down at FedEx Forum for the draft Thursday. Um. And maybe nobody would have noticed, but I would have noticed, and I would have felt like I'm, I, one of the things I've always tried to do as sports columns is always be there. Just like always be there. There's no substitute for being there. And, um, and so, and I'm not going to be there as much. And so I thought I should get that out there. So why am I doing it? Well, there's really two reasons. One is... Um, I'm kind of tired, <laughs> you know, like it is, it's funny, Kelly English wrote me this morning and he said he feels sometimes the same way about cooking, but in some ways the jobs are the same. You're working when everyone else is having fun and, 
And everyone has an opinion on what and you did. Every, and, and everyone has an opinion on your work. But you, it's, it's nights and weekends and weekends and nights. And I want to be able to plan my fall schedule without thinking, you know, is this a weekend when I'm going to be, when I could slip away or do whatever or, you know, go see Ben in New York or whatnot. And so, um, so some of it was just simply that, like after 27 years, it's enough. You know, during the playoffs, I was up till two in the morning every single night riding. It was the West Coast, crazy. Sometimes three in the morning, four. Like, I, I just, it feels like it's enough. Every press conference, every time Josh shows up with Instagram Live, like, it's just, it was just felt like it was enough. And, and I didn't have the same enthusiasm for it um, that I did. And therefore, I wasn't as good at it as I was. It's funny, like, they keep showing whatever. They keep running stories in the Daily Memphian about awards I've won recently, and that's nice. It's good to win awards. But I know the truth is I'm a good sports columnist. Um, I don't think I've been the best sports columnist in the past year, the best, as good as I was 40 years ago. I mean, here's the truth. If you're, if you're listening to someone talk about the Grizzlies um, or write about someone talking about the Grizzlies, you're better off listening to Chris than me. Or writing, you know, like, like, um, and uh, he's more deeply invested. Um, it's just true. So that's some of it. But the larger reason is I just realized along the way that as much as I love Memphis sports, and there's a part of me that is pained by the idea that I'm, not going to be at the draft Thursday and I'm not going to be at the opening football game. And I'm like, like it's a little, it's a, I'm a little wistful about it. Like I love walking through tiger lane and seeing everybody happy on a Saturday before a game, like, and I'll still do it. I'll still go out. But, um, but the truth of the matter is as much as I love Memphis sports, I care about and love Memphis more. And I think it was driven home to me. It was driven home to me during the Eliza stuff, during the Tyree Nichols stuff. I just felt like, what am I doing writing about balls and whatever? Like, this is, this is so much bigger. And maybe I have something to say. And it feels to me like, we're at a really pivotal point in Memphis right now. Um, if you just look around, we got, we, got, we got very clearly a crime problem, which comes from a poverty problem. But then we've got a police problem. We can't, not only do we have an education problem, but we can't pick a freaking superintendent we have a get your license, get your driver's license problem or get your marriage license problem. Um, we have a uh, tax base problem. And, um, and then it just feels like everyone's pointing fingers all the time. And some of that's just born out of frustration. I get it. Like it's just born out of frustration and anger that things haven't changed. And so if you see someone responsible for the problems, I think you're right to call them out, but it feels like a lot of this has already devolved into partisan bickering. And I just wondered, I don't really know how it's going to go, but I just wondered if after 27 years of doing sports, I shouldn't take a run at seeing if I could write columns that would resonate that are about the city at large. And not like, it's funny, I've heard two things. I've heard someone say, I, I, don't, I don't want you getting deep into politics. And I, I don't think I will. Like, I'm not going to write deeply political columns um, much. But then someone else said, and I'll write a lot of human interest stuff, which I like anyway. That's my favorite Colin column, really. But then someone else said, I think those are going to get boring. People, people gush over them and they say they like them and whatever else, but... One every little once in a while it goes a long way. And, and we'll see. Like, I'll, I'll definitely write, if I can find columns that will, uh, will uplift, 
I will certainly write those as well. So I don't know how it's going to go. I didn't know how it was going to go 27 years ago when I got here. I was kind of scared back then. And I'm less scared now because, honestly, I don't need to be doing any of this at this point, really. Um, I just kind of welcome the challenge. And I welcome, I welcome the chance to, you know, contribute in a different way to the public debate um, about all of this. Because um, it does strike me, it's a really uh, deeply, deeply um, difficult time for the city. So hopefully I'll, I'll be able to, to chip in. In terms of the radio show, though, I'm still going to do a five-day-a-week radio show, and it's still going to be mostly about sports. Um, like, there are other people on this, sh- on this station, most of them, in fact, who do a radio show without writing sports columns, Right. You don't write sports columns. I mean, I think now the only person, uh, the only other Mark. person that does is Mark. Well, J- John writes them. John yeah, writes them yeah. probably once a week for the Daily Memphian. But like, but, y- you're in Mark's primary job was, yeah. was writing. But like, like, like Jason's a great radio host, and he doesn't write sports columns. And you're really good at your job, and you don't write sports columns. And Gabe is really good at his job, and he didn't write sports columns. And I, I'm, you're, you're, it's it's completely possible to do a sports talk show. Uh, and honestly. I'm still going to go to stuff. It's just how I'm wired. Like I was texting with, with Laura at the Grizzlies today, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm, you're going you're gonna to still find me at games and find me at press availabilities, not necessarily because I'm going to be writing about it because I, I want to know what's going on, and that won't change. Um, the show? You're probably not going to get the courtside seat. I got bad news. I never. I haven't been courtside. I've been upstairs. You've been, even in Tiger games? Oh, Tiger games I've been downstairs. Yeah. But the, yeah. Tiger, t- Tiger games, sadly, you can sit wherever you like. That's a good point. Um, a lot of room. So, uh, so, and then the, in terms of the show, listen, we've already, you know, we've already done a little more uh, drifting. We'll do more than sports. But hell, we do fish on Friday on Tuesday when we talk about all kinds of stuff. Sam Hardiman now joins us every Wednesday where we talk about the city. Jennifer Biggs has been a stalwart on here and is absolutely tremendous. So um, we will definitely continue to talk about things other than sports, but mostly it'll be the same sport. It'll be the same show that you, uh, you've been listening to and participating in um, all this time. So that's that. I think I didn't, didn't answer any questions. Are there any questions I left unanswered? No, you're still going to be writing. And the radio show is not going anywhere. It's going to be a little bit different, and the radio show is not going to be going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, if you, by the way, if you have ideas of things I should write about, my email is gcawkins at dailymemphian.com. Now I got the whole universe to write about. It's a little weird because you're like, wow, you got the whole universe to write about. That's also daunting. It's also daunting because which part of the universe are you going to write about? And are you supposed to be an expert on all the universe? It was hard enough to be quote-unquote, an expert on Memphis Tiger basketball and Memphis Tiger football and Grizzlies basketball and the show Boats and, like, whatever else, uh, much less now you expand it to everything else facing um, the city. So it'll be an interesting challenge, but I really do I really do look forward to it. Um, you know how sometimes people will say that you should take jobs where you feel uncomfortable? That's when you know you're growing. Is when you feel uncomfortable. Sure. Get outside you of your comfort yourself, zone. Yeah. Yep. You know what I don't do? Get outside my comfort mm-hmm. zone. I have been in the same. I was uncomfortable when I moved here 27 years ago. Um. But I really haven't. Within a couple of years, I became comfortable, and I haven't been uncomfortable since. I was kind of uncomfortable when we started this radio show. Maybe my own radio show. Maybe I was a little uncomfortable then. Um, but I'm not great at stretching myself, at challenging myself. And, uh, and so this will be, um, this will be new in terms of back, back to the city real quick. Um, we do have all kinds of challenges. I also think, you know, we went through the MLK assassination and the hollowing out of downtown, uh, after that, we went through 
you know, yellow fever, um, the city has seen worse. And I continue to go back to my experience in Memphis. And I think it's like a lot of people's experience in Memphis. You can read about all the the problems. You can go on next door and see that someone stole the catalytic converter. If someone two, two houses down, you can whatever. But my personal experience is this has been the best place I've ever lived. Um, the best place I've ever lived in terms of being the happiest version, happiest, most productive version of myself. And I don't think that's completely an accident. I think Memphis is a place where you can be that, um, pretty easily. And, um, and I'll write more about that going forward. Um, in terms of other stuff, Jeffrey, I was thinking about it. I didn't assemble the lists cause that seemed a little dramatic, but I was thinking about, so, and I'll let you engage in this exercise. Where were you in 1996 when I moved to town? Uh, 479 Brookridge Circle, Cordova. And you were in? And what? 1996 would have been, uh, I was still, let's see, I didn't go to, 96 I was at Cordova Elementary. Okay. So we, we, we saw this, a lot of these things through different lenses. Correct. I was trying to think of the most First of all, the most dominant athletes that I ever covered, that I covered over this stretch, local athletes who I covered over this stretch, right? And I think, uh, I think weirdly enough, one is, is D. Rose, but only for that stretch. Yeah, it really was. It, it was, was really, really like the just like February on. Yeah, I'm not saying in order, but one of the, one of the ones in on my list would be D. Rose. But you look back at his numbers, season-long numbers, but then you look at what he did against Michigan State, what he did, did, did against Texas, what he get, did against UCLA on the biggest stage. He was flipping dominant. I will say, though, like even though he didn't put up the numbers that he did in the tournament, because the tournament, it was like a one-man wrecking crew, uh, they played Pepperdine that year. Because John got his offense from, uh, all right, from yeah. from our coach, Triple Drive, who right. later had a uh, he had an Urban Meyer and NCAA induced heart attack, um, and I remember watching being at that game, and one of my buddies was on the team, and even though like his numbers may have been pedestrian that day, watching how quickly he could elevate and how explosive he was, I just remember talking to my buddies like, yeah, that guy's different. He's oh, like, no, we, no. We... And they knew it. Like, he came, he joined this team that had been a NCAA He was the get, get him over the hump guy. And yeah. he was, as soon as he walked into the gym, they knew he was the best player. Um, so he would definitely be one. Dominant athletes. Um, D'Angelo would be another. As good as, as Daryl Henderson was and... It's just a different game. He was just a different cat, too, man. I mean, like he was, I, I, I always go back to this. I still remember at that time Pat Forty saw him with his own eyeballs for the first time. Uh, I was sitting next to him at a press box in Louisville. I was like, just holy crap. Like He just, he just was a different dude. Um, you couldn't take your eyes off of him. Um, and, and then because he had it all, too. He had he the breakaway the ball, speed, yeah, but he also had the could could you know you'd have him. He had a little like that Barry Sanders wiggle to him, just unbelievable, unbelievable player. Um, Zebo, Zebo certainly against the Spurs uh, was like just all world. Um, seeing Zebo at his full powers was really impressive, and John. Jaws, Jaws is a different cat, man. It's different. Um, so is there someone else who I would include in that group? In terms of just pure dominance? Dominant athletes who I've covered in Memphis. I mean, Powell was really good. It's just he, he, was, he never he was, was a dominant. He never was, felt It was dominant. a finesse game, more so. It was, uh, he was great. Lorenzen was pretty dominant. Yeah, Lorenzen was... As a, as a player, he was a very good player, but he wasn't. Yeah, no, no. Um, okay, then I thought about uh, coaches, best coaches I, I covered during this stretch. And I think it's 
there it's what's interesting is like where does Taylor Jenkins fit? Like his record would suggest he's very good. Correct. Right. And I sometimes get this. I mean, the the best, the best, most successful Grizzlies coach, the most successful Grizzlies coach was Lionel Hollins. Yes. Now Taylor does have a chance to pass him this year. Right, but he hasn't gotten to a yep. to a Western Conference Finals. Correct. So uh so that's interesting. Honestly, Hubie, I'll put him on a different list. I'll put him on people. I, I'm going to do a people I enjoyed have co- and have enjoyed covering list as m- much because I really think that's where Hubie. The two Memphis football coaches, um, Fuente and Norvell, like damn impressive what each of them did. Damn impressive what each of them did. Fuente to raise it from the ashes, and Norvell then to elevate it. But let's be honest. The answer here is John Calipari. Oh, yeah, in terms of, just, yeah. Just in terms of did what he did? That's crazy. What John Calipari did here was nuts. Um, and, yes, a lot of it was recruiting. That's part of that job. That's what that job is. That's what that job is. Nick Saban also, what he's good at. Kirby Smart also, what he's good at. It's, it's not even close. John Wooden. Yeah. It, it, John Wooden, John Wooden, yeah. It, it, the key to John Wooden really wasn't how you put your socks on. No, it was five first-rounders. Right. Um, but Calipari's the clear winner, like the, 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 the clear winner there. In terms of players who were most – players and characters who were most fun to cover, I don't know that I would have anyone above Hubie. He, he was so – surprising given his reputation and then he was so grateful to be here he embraced every second of it he would he would talk to you about basketball without talking down to you about basketball he clearly enjoyed it it wasn't uh how many questions do i have to answer before i get out of here he wasn't trying to hide anything he was trying to explain things to – it was just unbelievable. Like, Hubie was unbelievable to cover. Um, Tony Allen, for different reasons, just a total hoot to cover. Um, the Casal brothers, each in their own way, just classy as hell. Just thoughtful, classy I, – I, Professionals. Like uh, the word all, always came to mind. Like, is professionals. You just think about like when their parents. You just think about their parents did a hell yeah. of a job. You know, like yes. their parents did a hell of a job. Um, so um, I'd say that they could sold. But the truth of the matter is, is that the, the entire core four was 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 great to cover. Zebo was great to cover. Mike was incredible. Same things to we cover. could just say like, about Mark. Like, whatever. Class. Same things yeah. like just sit there and talk and talk and talk and you know, tremendous. Um, so I would say that that group, uh, D'Angelo was great to cover, honestly, because he was funny and, and he, he would try to put on a show in addition. You know, Kendrick was really fun to cover in terms of, in yeah. terms of recent folks. Kendrick was fun to cover. Penny. Penny is fun to cover because everything he says is news and he'll say anything. And so Penny is... Uh, is super fun to cover. If you ask me what the best things I've covered are, you know, the, the, the one that hangs on the walls of toilets, ev- of uh, men's rooms everywhere is Memphis beating Tennessee. The truth of the matter is that game, A, it wasn't a very good column. So I've never loved that. It was such a big moment and I didn't do a good job of capturing it. It was fine. Uh, but I didn't do a great job of capturing it. Um, but that game until the end was, was just a, kind of a dog. A terrible game. Yeah. It was and, like a defensive no one really struggle. Memphis like, was going to win. It was a defensive struggle. The weather was bad. So I just wouldn't, sloppy. I, I would not, it is very clearly one of the epic wins in Memphis sports history, period. But it is not, it is not, um, it, it is not where I would, would, what, what, you know, one of the games that I would say was was really truly memorable to cover. Um, the games, that, like by contrast, triple overtime against Oklahoma City, 
crazy game. Like it, it, people who were there, even though the Grizzlies lost, um, they still are like, I was just glad to be a part of it. Like that was incredible. But all of those games, like honestly, more than almost any Grizzlies playoff game during this run, those games stood out more. Why is that, Jeffrey? Why do we remember game one against the Spurs, game six against the Spurs, game five against the Spurs, actually, game six against the Clippers? Like, we remember those, it seems to me, more vividly than any playoff games in this current run. I think in the end, it really boils down to, like, the Clippers one you can put in a little bit separate category, but particularly that Spurs series, it's the expectation. I mean, the franchise had not won the franchise had not won a playoff game. I mean, they'd been swept three straight series. You had this period of where it's like, what the hell is this is this team even gonna be here? Like there was all that. And then that night they popped him in San Antonio in game one. I mean Shane Shot was one of the Oh, Shane clearly is one of the great people I've had to cover. And He's I just great. And I, I know people some may roll their eyes at it. He was incredible. Shane was incredible to cover. And he he, he walked in here and when Shane and and Powell were the face of that fr- new franchise, Powell was he could barely speak English. He was shy. He was and Shane was like, Hey, I'll lead the way, you know. And um, and he was great for that franchise, particularly early on. Um, uh, other, you know, I mean, the, the, all of the, the Calipari era, that was fun, right? The UCLA game, that was crazy fun. The loss to Kansas, less fun, certainly epic. The title fight, Tyson, that was surreal. That That, that, that happened in Memphis. You look around and there's... Leonardo DiCaprio and Toby Maguire and Denzel, <laughs> like they're sitting here in Memphis. Like, what in the God's name? But the, one of the biggest things that's happened is the, the transformation. And I know we have our own branding problems now and our own real problems now and our own sort of self-image problems now. Um, but back then, I, and I go back to the, to the, uh, I, I go back to the, the time that I visited here and there was a major league exhibition game canceled because of ruts in the outfield. It felt like at the time, at least there was this assumption that that's how everything in Memphis would turn out. You know, you'd, you, 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 you'd, you'd try to do something and they do a crappy job. Yeah. Like, and, and whether it was uh, at the time they were going on and on and on about the convention center was going to over budget, whatever else, everything over budget, everything. The pyramid was a perfect example of that. Sydney Schlenker, the pyramid. It was supposed to be this great place. It wasn't a great place. From the moment people sat down, they're like, we don't like this place. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they had forced the University of Memphis to pour all this money in money they had that they could have used to build an on-campus stadium. Um, into the place. And there was just this assumption that everything in Memphis would be done badly. And I don't think there is that assumption anymore at all. And it, it now extends to all kinds of things. I, we'll see with the river park, like people, some people are skeptical about the river park. We'll see about the river park, but it's like, you look at, at you look at Shelby farms, right? Like, well, and they, like I mean, my totally first experience with the, Shelby Farms, and it's it's beautiful. Right? My first experience with the park is like, I mean, again, having the festivals that quickly after you laid sod. Right. I know not that's perfect, probably right. not going to be perfect, but at the same time, I was like, they did a really nice job. Yeah. Well, what what happened, and I think sports is the forefront of sort of changing this idea that everything we do will be crap, um, because it started with AutoZone Park, and there at AutoZone Park. Um, there was a lot of skepticism of putting it downtown. There's been a lot of skepticism around all of this. There was a lot of skepticism of bringing the Grizzlies to town. There was a lot of skepticism about building uh, AutoZone Park at 3rd and Union. There's just been a lot of skepticism. And as soon as people walked into that place, they said, this doesn't feel like Memphis. And that's a backhanded compliment because it implies that nothing good can happen in Memphis. But that was the impulse. You walked in, you're like, holy crap. 
And then the same thing, like FedEx Forum, where it is um, off a of Beal, like, it's like, holy crap, this is magnificent. And I suspect when they redo it, it will also be magnificent. And I suspect when they redo it, there'll be some arguing about money, but there's not going to be skepticism that they're going to do a bad job. Do you think at all? No. I don't think at all. We, we, see, we see Memphis has decided to do different things. All the bike lanes everywhere, the green line, like... And and it's 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 done a one magnificent thing after another. So um, anyway, I've had a blast doing it, and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep. Uh, I'll still be here talking about sports on the radio, but in terms of what I write about, I'm going to take some different kind of. Uh, I'm going to take some different kind of swings. Thank you for uh, indulging me uh, as I talk about this stuff a little bit. We're going to get back to sports in the next segment. And uh, Chris Harrington, and then Fish on Friday on Tuesday. It is the Jeff Gawkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up at 11 a.m., it's the Jason and John Show. Weekdays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN. Memphis's sports station. <clears throat> Mom? Dad? Sis? Here we go again. Why are you in a suit? Picture, if you will, a world with the best network imaginable. I'm talking about the Xfinity 10G network. Go on. Mom, remember how your reality shows wouldn't load with all of us online? Now you can binge. And Susie, we'll have fast internet in the basement. Nice. If you have any questions, here's my card. This is just your name on a gum wrapper. Introducing the 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Now through June 21st, new customers can get 200 megabit per second internet on the next generation Xfinity 10G network for just $25 a month for two years. Plus, there's no annual contract required and you get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply. Actual speeds vary. Lowe's believes in giving back to the communities they serve. That's why they are partnering once again with HGTV to honor people making a positive impact in their communities with the second season of HGTV's Build It Forward. Inspired by the Lowe's Hometowns Community Impact Program, host Tanya Nayak and Shane Duffy are traveling the country to surprise deserving community members with life-changing home renovations. Watch Build It Forward, Saturdays, 6-5 Central, part of Rescue Saturdays on HGTV. Next up, straight talk from Doug. Ever notice that saying no offense is offensive? Like, no offense, but you're overpaying for your wireless. See? Offensive. That's the straight talk talking. Get unlimited plans as low as $35 a month from straight talk on America's most reliable 5G network. Available at Walmart and walmart.com. On the $35 plan, first 10 gigabytes data at high speed, then 2G speeds. Refer to the latest terms at straighttalk.com. Based on most first place ranking, root metrics, second half, 2022 assessments of 125 metros. Experiences vary, not an endorsement. How do you know I have three sons? You know where my three sons and I all go for our dentist needs? Of course we go see Dr. Medi Sadeghi. Of course we do. We have been for years. Visiting the Smile Center makes going to the dentist actually a pleasure. Teeth well taken care of for, and it is a delight to go see him. He and his clinical staff have all been vaccinated. You can go see him for yourself. Just call 309-1333, 309-133, located 1941 South Germantown Road in Germantown near Saddle Creek. Visit SmileCenterMemphis.com. Meet Nate. By day, he works in IT. But when he gets on the bike, he becomes Nature Nate. An outdoorsy type with his head in the clouds and a weak supply of trail mix in his cargo pants. Nature Nate leaves no trace except for native wildflowers. If a tree falls in the forest, 
He'll help it get back up. And Nature Nate rides with Geico because getting specialty coverage for his motorcycle is the natural choice. Geico Motorcycle, expert coverage for both your sides. It's Howie at Robert Irwin Jewelers, and our Summer of a Thousand Engagement Ring Sale is going on right now. You could save up to 40% off engagement rings, anniversary bands, and if you want an upgrade, now's the time. Get to a Robert Irwin Jewelers near you or online at rijewelers.com. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. At Fisher Investments, our clients know we have their backs. How do your clients know that? Because Fisher Investments is a fiduciary, the highest standard for a financial advisor. It means we're there for our clients and always put their interests first. So wait. You do it because you have to? No, we do it because it's the right thing to do. Our clients trust us with their retirement savings, and we know how important that responsibility is. So we take the time to really get to know them. Get to know them how? We make sure we understand their unique goals, finances, health, family, and lifestyle so we can tailor their portfolio to their specific needs. Our goal is to help them achieve a comfortable retirement. Sounds like a big responsibility. You must make big commissions then, right? No, we don't sell commission-based products. We have one single transparent fee that's structured so we do better when our clients do better. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you are switching to us. Fisher Investments. Clearly different money management. Investing in securities involves the risk of loss. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Look out, Mid-South, because at Gossip Mitsubishi on the Pike, inventory is arriving daily, and we're ready to put you in a new ride today. Need extra room this vacation? Get seven seats, 27 MPG combined in your new 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander Black ED SUV. $449 a month. Or the White Diamond 2023 Outlander SE. $33085 or $499 a month. And the winner takes all in 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander Plug-In Hybrid PHEV. 420 total range, 64 combined MPGE, 38-minute best charging time, $795 a month. And you'll always get Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. That's Gossip Mitsubishi, 1870 Covington Pike, or shop online at MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we got it at Gossip Motor Cars. Voice and Texas Mileage, Outlander PZ012158, MSRP 34555, Outlander SE PZ041164, MSRP 35585, PHEV PZ040302, 24-month, 12,000 miles per year, MSRP 48230. Includes all rebates and incentives, PF 695, excludes tax island license with approved credit. See dealer for complete details, offer valid through end of the month, dealer stock only. Life is fast and furious. Sometimes you need a boost. The Shotners can help with Lipo B12 injections, increase energy, improve mood and sleep. It even helps with allergies. Or boost your immune system with our Triimmune Booster, packed with vitamin C and zinc. It gives your body a head start at fighting off illness. With three locations throughout the Mid-South, we can get you in and out quickly. The Shot Nurse is your wise choice. Protection you need with a personal touch. The Shot Nurse. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
Alright, back on the Jeff Calkins show. <laughs> I just got a note from someone in response to my column. It began, Jeff, I never really liked you. <laughs> Which is a fabulous subject line least, well, if you least, want us to read. At least know, we know where you're coming mm-hmm. from. At least we know where you're coming from. Uh, I have some other news. And I guess because she shared this, I should share it now. Uh, from Jennifer Biggs, who is a uh, the food writer at the Daily Memphian and is a, uh, a friend of the show, colleague at the Daily Memphian. She's just tremendous at what she does. Like, she, she writes about food with such joy and humanity and... I don't think she fully understands how much a part of the fabric of the place she is. Um, she's always, like, worrying about, you know. She, she, she works a lot harder than I do. And because uh, every restaurant opening, every restaurant closing, she's writing about that. Uh, during COVID, it was all the problems of, of, of the restaurants and challenges that restaurants have. She would write about that. Um, but she like she can write about a you know whatever a slice of pizza or a taco and just make me smile and um and then it does happen and I don't know how it happened but she really has become one of my best friends um Jennifer's just the best and uh she posted something on Facebook and uh, I'll share it now uh she wrote this isn't easy to post but enough people know And now I know enough to share. After some tiredness from iron deficiency anemia, I find myself, long story short, in the hospital awaiting surgery tomorrow to remove a stage four cancer from my colon. In the coming weeks, we'll start chemotherapy to treat the masses in my liver. Just last week, we were sitting on the beach in Isla Majeure. Today, my view is quite different, and I can't express my gratitude for Lee Viran, who keeps pushing his vacation back and has assembled a Cracker Jack team. He says he didn't push his vacation, but was needed here. And he also just walked me down to get the pajamas. The desk wouldn't let my, me, my, my daughter leave me there. Anyway, I'll name a host of other doctors, PAs, and nurses who have made me feel safe in a shocking situation and friends and family who have done more than I deserve. But for now, I wanted you to know this from me. So there is that news, which is a lot more important, of course, than my news. Um, uh, Jennifer, like I said, she's, she's the best. And, uh, and one day she was feeling a little weak and the next day she's in the hospital dealing with that. And, um, you know, I, 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 a lot of people, when they, when people, you see this on Facebook, I saw someone Pace the other day, they were starting chemo because they were um, the devastation. Obviously, that it just drops in people's lives. Priorities change, um, everything changes, and then we people post prayers up, prayers up, prayers up, thoughts, and uh, and I won't begin to tell you. I'll tell you this: like I'll miss. Uh, I think Jennifer will take a break, obviously, from writing for the Daily Memphian, and she'll take a break from this show. Um, and I'll miss all of that. Um, but she's got a daughter and two young grandkids, and she herself is, I don't know, she's 60? She might be 60. Um, she's got a long way to, she's got to be around. She's got to be around for a long time. And so however you... Uh, do think about people, whether it's prayer or thoughts or whatever it is that you turn to. I hope that you, uh, I hope that you keep Jennifer uh, in your thoughts and in your prayers because she is absolutely the best. That's some devastating news, isn't it, Jeffrey? Yeah, it. it, it that and then Dion Stutz last week. These these two news. You know, because obviously I have some connection with both right. of them. They've just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and your wife's a big fan. She's my wife's hero. 
<laughs> like no joke. What, is it is it the is it the writing? She likes her appearance. She has here. my wife's dream job. Oh really? Yes. Um, and it's funny. Like I, I th- there have been good food writers. Like Frederick Keppel was the food writer at the CA when I when I started, and Frederick was great. I honestly could not believe when they let Frederick go. And it was in it was in the first waves. I mean, we've been doing there's been downs like again at the CA we started with 250 journalists when I got here in '96, and I don't know what they're down to now. 25, I, I don't know. Um, so there's been lots and lots of waves of uh, of layoffs, but um, Frederick Keppel was among the first. I'm like, what? What? Like he's a star. He was great the way he wrote about food. He would also savage people, which has sort of gone out of fashion. You know, the, the idea that you walk in and then you just come out and just trash a place. Um, he'd do it. He'd be funny. He'd be literate. He'd be whatever in the way he did it. But um, and I actually think what happened is I think they wanted to start like, well, we don't do that. We're going to write about restaurants. We're not going to we're not going to write uh critically of restaurants. And of course, that's unhelpful if you're a reader. You do want to know which restaurants are great. And, uh, and I don't know when Jennifer began, whatever. I, I've lost track of when Jennifer began. But she has a knack for, you know what, there's enough restaurants out there. She doesn't need to really write about the bad ones. You know, like you don't need to go out of your way to trash it. Like you can write about, and, and then the other thing is, is she would tell you like, nicely eh, the service was a little slow or the you know she she would i think it helped that she worked in restaurants too so like she understands the challenges and whatnot she also um like i said she writes about like i remember what's it called dory is the restaurant mm-hmm. called dory yep the couple that started that restaurant um is deep. They're both into in recovery mm-hmm. and have a really compelling personal story, and so I'll. I, the, those are the the things that she writes that are so incredibly powerful. But the other thing she does is, and I think this is important in Memphis. She builds community. Like she has a Facebook group, Table Talk. Table Talk. Thank you, Jeffrey. Where people like talk about food. They post pictures of, of what they cooked that night. They post pictures of what they ate the night before. They, she'll post pictures of things like table talk. And then she also does, um, there's a, lunch, a, a Daily Memphian lunch series whereby, and I think we're going this week, she wants us to do it even though she's not there at the hen house. So I'm going to go to that and fly the flag for the Daily Memphian. Um, but, uh, uh, and people like, it, it basically, they'll they'll have a lunch uh, at this restaurant. It'll be seventy people, maybe all from the Daily Memphian. They'll either a lot of times it's a place that isn't typically open for lunch. They'll open just for this group, and they put together a sort of representative menu. And again, it's pe- and and the tickets are snapped up immediately because people want community. That's the truth. Is within this, people want community, and it's at times of trial uh like jennifer's facing you're supported by community anyway i i didn't know i'd be talking about the jennifer stuff today because i didn't know that she was going to um share post her new the news today uh but uh but she did and so um again if you uh if you uh, are the type the praying type please include jennifer biggs uh, in your prayers. Um, one of the restaurants I did go to with Jennifer Biggs was Bounty on Broad. Um, and, and that, it, it, it's a, it's a, honestly, she's the place that, she's the one who came up with the perfect description, as she would, because what really struck her about, uh, Bounty on Broad more than anything else was, I think she called it 
the happy vibe. There, There is a, you can walk into a lot of sort of white tablecloth restaurants and feel like, ooh, I'm not allowed to raise my voice here. I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to be, be myself. I, I need to talk on it like it's a golf tournament or something. I need to, um, and, um, and bounty is not like that. It's, it's not raucous. It's joyful. Uh, it's beautiful. The food's delicious. And the vibe upstairs and downstairs, it's a renovated place right on the corner there on Broad Avenue. The vibe is, it's just fun, honestly. So you can sit at the bar and get the, uh, get uh, wine down Wednesdays tomorrow. Half price bottles of wine, half price glasses of wine. Get the oysters and see what I'm talking about. Uh, and raise a glass to Jennifer. Uh, who's uh, who's going to be going through a little bit of a bally. It is Bounty on Broad, 410 